Amen. You can have a seat. Jesus, you are unfailing. That's what kind of we're going to be talking about this morning as Heath works on our sound. Jesus, you are unfailing. I'm sure everyone in here this morning have seen that in your own life. When it seemed like everything is not, you know, going as planned, you know, then God comes through. And we see that Jesus, you are in failing. You know, um, we have four kids. Two of them are still in college. Two are out of college. Boys come home, they eat a lot. You know, and, and we're like, um, Lord, help. And I got two deposits made into my account in the perfect time. And he's just, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, you are unfailing. We're going to be talking out of Psalms 34. And this uh, David speaking here. And many of you know the, the story of David. But right here is, is where David... Um, he pretended to be crazy. He pretended to be insane just to uh, get Abimelech just to push him out of the, the, the town. You know, back in that day, Abimelech didn't want anybody crazy in the town. He thought there were evil spirits and all of that. And they were after trying to kill David. So David wanted to escape. So that's what he did. He, he pretended to be crazy. You know, and if we read here, we're going to uh, walk through all Psalms 34. We're going to see that. There is always a reason to praise. Amen? There is always a reason to praise. And today's sermon here I've entitled, uh, The Cry That Leads to Praise. Because there are times that we cry out to the Lord. And we just say, Lord, we need you. We need you right now. We need your presence with us right now. So I want to start with verse 17. And Ms. Christina will be putting all the, the verses up here as we go along. We're going to start with verse 17, and then we'll jump back up to verse 1. Verse 17 uh, says this. He says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all their trouble. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. And he delivers them from all their troubles. Boy, there's been time that I had to cry and say, Lord, I need your help. I'm in trouble. And that was Lisa. But, but I need your help. There's time with Lisa I'm in trouble, too, that I cry out to the Lord. And he helps me. But let's go now to verse 1. It says, I will exalt the Lord all, at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will exalt the Lord all of the times, and his praise will always be on my lips. You might say this morning, but preacher, my situation is so bad that I can't praise God. I would say, you need to read Acts. Read Acts 16 and, and tell me what Paul and Silas did while they were in prison, 
they were beaten and all of that, but what did they do? And uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to read here in verse 16, 25. It might not be on there. And it says, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, and they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners hurt them. You know, I kept reading it like, why were they up at midnight? I believe they were up at midnight because they knew they had a, an audience out there. And they would praise real loud. And they would pray real loud. And the prisoners hurt them. God, let me tell you, when we stand strong to the Lord, no matter if everything is going bad around us, people are listening to us. They are hearing us as we praise and we cry out, to the Lord. He says, I will exalt the Lord all of the time. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord and afflicted hear and rejoice. My soul will boast on the Lord. And the Lord and let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his holy name. You know, right here, David has an audience of students when he's teaching this on what we should do when we find ourselves in the time of need, when we find ourselves just crying out to God. He says in verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. There's a word there that's so, so important. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. Do we seek the Lord when we need something that only he can deal with? Do we cry out to him and say, Lord, this is going on. I know he doesn't catch you by surprise, but he caught me by surprise. I need your help. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. It doesn't say some of my fears. Does He says from all of my fears, he delivered me. Verse 5 says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Those who look at him are radiant. Y'all remember Moses when he went up on the mountain? And delivered, I mean, God delivered the Ten Commandments to him. What did the Bible say about Moses when he came down? He said that his face shone with his glory. He says, those that look at him are radiant. You know, those people around us that see us know that there is something different about us. There is something different about us. I've had so many people ask me at the school district, Joe, there's something about you that's different. And I was telling them, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Your faces are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. Why are they never covered with shame? Because we know that Jesus hears us. God hears us. And he delivers us from all fear. 
And then verse six, we six we see here where where David is, is talking to us in the state that he's in, and he says, "This poor man called, and the Lord heard him, and He saved him out of all his troubles." I can't envision David saying, "You know, this poor man right here. Oh, I, I called him, and and he heard me." And he came through just like he said he would. And he delivered me from all troubles. And then he goes on to say, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears him. And he delivers him. The angel of the Lord settles around those who fear God. And he camps around those that fear him. And he delivers them. You know, then David keeps talking here. One of my favorite verses around, as a matter of fact, I have a, a sermon on this. This next verse, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So as Paul is teaching his students here, I mean, David is teaching his students here. He's telling them, guys, just taste. Just get a little taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, when I tell people I am the cactus king, they're like, ooh. And I'm like, oh, just taste it. Taste it and see how good it is. And you'd be amazed. Three pounds, yes. Just taste and see how good it is. And he's telling us here. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And he tells us here, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Verse 9, he goes on to say, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. And I want us to get a, a, an understanding of what he's talking here. Fear the Lord, you his saints. He's talking to the ones of those that believe in him. Because we're getting to the point that we're spreading the word of God, that the God, uh, uh, what the word God has to say to those around us. And he's saying here, he says, he says fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. And this is another good verse here on verse 10. He says, the lion, who many call the, the king of the jungle, he says, the lion may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. See, the lion may grow weak and hungry, but those that are just after and continuously seeking the Lord, they lack nothing good. Everything good is going to be coming their way. Now, I'm not teaching any kind of prosperity gospel. I'm just teaching you to trust in him and know that he hears us. Because sometimes the answer that he has for us is not an answer we want to hear. It says, but those who seek the Lord lack nothing good. Then we get to verse 11. It says, come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. David is saying here, I, I'm here for you. 
you have questions about what I'm talking about, I am here for you. See, this is a time where they're gathering up as a, a group of believers. And he's saying, come, my children. Why does he say, my children? Because his audience, they were young. They were young. He says, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things. Oh, I love life. And I desire to see many good things. But he tells us here. Well, then, keep your tongues from evil. And your lips <clears throat> from speaking lies. Mm. Let me say that again because we all struggle with some of this. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things or days says keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. He's telling us here, there's so much good for us to do. You need to turn from evil and speak no lies because there is so much truth for us to share. So the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, those that believe in him. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and he hear, and his ears are attentive to his cry. His ears are attentive to his cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the memory of them on earth. How does David know all of this? How does David know that the eyes of the Lord are on those the, of the righteous and his ears are attentive. Oh, David went through some hard times. He got caught with women he shouldn't be with. So he knows what it is to drift away from the Lord. He knows that. And he wants to share that with others. Like, guys, don't do what I did. Do what God wants us to do. Says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their trouble. He keeps saying this over and over again. Why? Because he has experienced that. He's been through it. There's an excitement in his voice about this. And he keeps saying, he keeps saying the righteous cry out. And the Lord hears him. And he delivers him from all their troubles. Then he says this, he says, oh, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Are we reading some of the Psalms where David is so broken, so broken. And he cries out, oh, Lord, where are thou? Where are you? And then in the next verse, he's like, Lord, I know that you are here. I know that you are here. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. God, let me tell you, I've been broken before. My spirit has been crushed many times. And those are the times 
that I literally have felt the Lord closest to me. Is it because he's gone somewhere else? No, because it's during those times that I cry out and I seek him. And I know that he hears me. Tells us here on 16, the righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. There he goes again. He said he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. What does he mean by that? He protects all of his bones. Not one of them will be broken. He protects us to our inner being. You know, in Spanish, there's a saying that says, hasta el hueso, to the bone. And that's where God protects us, to the deepest part of what makes us who we are. So here is the outcome. The outcome of just seeking God and asking Him to reign in your life. He says, evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. Guys, our family, we have experienced that. Where we've been in some churches where the pastor just tore us up. Hurt my wife, hurt my kids, and hurt me. And we said, God, we place all of this in your hands. We trust you. We believe in you. And God did what he needed to do. We had to do nothing. And he took those men out of ministry. And I feel the reason why is because of this. Evil will slay the wicked and the foes of the righteous will be condemned. God took care of them. Then verse 22 in the final verse says, the Lord redeems his servant. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. God, there is no better place to find yourselves than in the warm embrace of God and in the presence of Jesus. See, the Lord redeems his servant. There's a song back in the day we used to sing that said, I have been redeemed. The Lord redeems his servant. No one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. God, let me tell you that that's a verse of hope there. That's a verse of hope. In doing youth ministry, I've heard many youth say, but Pastor Joe, you don't understand. I've done every sin that's out there. I've done everything that I know offends God. 
How could he love somebody like me? And I tell him here, the Lord redeems his servant. He redeems his servant that no one will be condemned who takes refuge in him. What does taking refuge in him mean? It means that all your faith and trust is in him. When things are good and when things aren't going so good, they're in him. You know, one of the lessons mom and dad taught us when we were kids was to, in everything, give thanks. And mom used to tell us this, even when it hurts, <laughs> give thanks. In all things, give thanks. You know, every morning that I wake up, I'm just saying, thank you, Lord, for another day of life. Another opportunity to radiate your glory. Another opportunity to share with someone that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. You know, I, I get the opportunity to work with parents and students who many times find themselves in trouble. And many times they, they don't know what to do or what to say. And I tell them, you know, keep pushing for what you know is right. Keep seeking that which you know is good. Keep doing whatever you have to do to make your parents proud. And one thing that I always do, in most of these home visits that I do, I would say 80 to 90% of those home visits, there is no dad around. Some don't even know their dad, and there's such a hunger for that male figure. I have looked in the eyes of students who are weeping. And I tell them, lay my hand on their shoulder. And I said, I want you to know that Mr. De Leon loves you. And they just look at, at me because they've never heard those words. I love you. And I always tell them, you need anything. Just tell your counselor or your principal that you need to talk to Mr. De Leon, and I will be there. I will be there. You know, and God has opened the doors to where the students come to a place that they're just not listening to anyone, or the parents are just so angry at everybody around them that I get that call. And they say, okay, Mr. DeLeon, we need you to go do your mojo. <laughs> it's not mojo. I just talk to them as I feel God has talked to us. Because we have messed up so many times. We have sinned so many times. And he still loves us. And he still wants and desires us to be in his warm grip. Amen. Amen. God, let me tell you, God is just so 
so amazing. I can't imagine my life without him. <laughs> I, I, I just can't. I was talking to mom and dad. We got to see him last weekend. And uh, I snuck in the room. Mom actually told me it was the wrong, the wrong room. So I'm at, at midnight, I'm banging on somebody's door that wasn't my parents. And then when I found out it wasn't their room, I just ran. And then, but we were talking about how amazing God is. And we can't imagine our lives without him. And then we started talking about how that's why it's so important for us as believers to share the love of Christ. Many times we come to people and, and condemn them, tell them, oh, you're on your way to hell. Why not talk about God's grace and mercy and love? Because that is something that those around us are searching for. They want somebody that cares for them. And I tell these guys, you know, a lot of the moms always ask me, are you a Christian? I'm like, yes, I am. I'm also a pastor. And I always tell them this. I'm going to love you, but there is no one else that can love you like Jesus. Like Jesus. People ask me, Don't, aren't you scared of getting in trouble? I'm like, well, I know in Huddle I won't get in trouble because they keep calling me to come do my mojo. <laughs> I said, my mojo is dependent on Jesus. So I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm not going to get in trouble. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, at this time, just giving you, Father, uh, a thanks, Father, for your presence here this, this morning, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, just to come and just declare your message, Father. I'll never forget the day that I was reading Psalms 34, Father, and it hit me, Lord. It hit me, Father, and I just felt you saying, people need to know this. People need to know this. Father, I pray that you continue to be with Crosswalk Pflugerville. Father, we're small, Lord, and, and that's okay, Father. We are beginning, Father. You yourself, Lord, you started with 12, Father, and you changed the world, Lord. We pray, Father, that you continue through to work, Father, through Keith, Lord, and through everybody else here in order to reach people that we know need Christ, Father. Thank you, Lord, once again, Father, for your presence here, Lord. For it is your holy name that we pray in Jesus Christ. Amen.